This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. So I guess if we were good morning football on NFL Network, We could go with a sidebar question like they did this morning. What's your biggest public annoyance? Mm. In other words, pet peeve. But I don't know if we even have time for that. Danny Sarek, you're thinking intensely right now. You're really going through the, okay, I'll answer it. Paul Calvisi, Pauly Podcast (laughs) over here, Darren Urban. You know what? We got plenty of time for the coaching search because you know what? It is taking its time. So it's given us time to answer this question, is it not, Darren? No, it, it truly is. Although I will say the first thing I thought of is that if we were Good Morning Football, we'd all be making more money, right? <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. Okay. All right. Danny will know all about it when they hire her in a year or oh, two. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm trying to think about what my answer would be. Like if, if you say me, we're done. So Kyle Brandt's answer was slow walkers. That, okay, so that's what I was thinking. Because we've talked about this before, Dan, when we went on the German podcast, the German uh, Bird Gang podcast, and they asked us about driving. I that was remember that. that okay. I do remember that at the end. is like, what kind of driver okay, are you? Or like, yeah, what annoys yeah. you? And mine was like slow drivers. Or like, you're not using your blinker like right when you're about to turn. But so I was just thinking in my head, slow drivers or maybe a slow walker if you're walking behind uh, someone on a sidewalk i can okay he, he said the grocery store by the way he said he can't stand slow walkers in like the deli aisle or the front see, i mean what I mean, you bigger look, picture you i would see. say this first of all i could probably come up with like a list of 20 things paul and you know me well enough that you could see that but i would say I, you're looking at me i thought you were gonna say no. 20 <laughs> things about me no no but i will say that's a, the next bingo along card. those lines when you're in a crowded place, and it seems like it's the airport more than anything, and you're walking down this very crowded thing, and it could be a stadium, like a stadium concourse, and yahoos, it could be one yahoo, it could be multiple yahoos, decide, hey, this will be a good place to stop and look at my phone <laughs> or right, do whatever. Yeah. And it's right. like everybody's trying to move, it's super tight, and all of a sudden you decide you're going to stop. Pull to the damn side of the road. I like calling someone a Yahoo. I've never heard that before, but I think I'm going to start using that. See, I, I instantly thought of bad parkers, people oh. who don't park within the configured parking spot. You are really set on this, on this, this parking is, spot. Is this thing. Have to do with work? This is like <laughs> three straight weeks. Not, not no, work, work is, I'm just talking in general, that like is, someone who parks sort of semi-diagonally, you know, right up against the line or not at least, you know, making at least make half or, an attempt. To put it in the when spot. People have those massive monster trucks. And yeah. so they have to like, they barely pull forward into the second spot or like barely over it, but on purpose, clearly so that nobody parks next to them. I'm like, if your car doesn't fit in a legitimate parking spot, your car is too big. You don't need to be driving that See, car. See, along those lines, if you've got too nice of a car that you're afraid it's going to get dinged and you want to park sideways, take it to the very end of the parking lot and walk your ass right. over here. Right. Don't try and take up two spots where all the 
all everybody else is trying. That's to you, Paul. Didn't you go? What's no. what's the big car show out here? Oh, Barrett Jackson. Yeah. Oh, did you buy Hop's car? Uh, he bought Top's car. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. He's driven that car to the facility. By the way, well, it was his car. He sold it. No, that, yeah. You know, it, it got gaveled down. Sold, sold, sold. And by the way, I would never take up two spots. I'm just saying. Park in the single spot correctly. Yes, that's, that's my. That's what I'm that's saying over one. here. That's a good okay? one too. So boom. I'd uh, like to jump in on this just because okay. I hate here a lot go, of well, stuff. Let's hear it. I, I think I know I'm, what this is going to be. I'm with Darren. I could. We could do like an hour long podcast yes, on this. Could. But how about I'm just going to go with uh, how about at Costco when you're going to get gas, you're in line. And then people wait to get their cards out oh, yeah. when they get out of their car. Yeah. What were you doing for the past yeah. 10 minutes? You were just sitting there. Yes. And I treat that stuff like the Indy 500. I'm in and out. My goal is to beat the oh, person that one. arrives before me. And I, I'm out. I thought out. I thought for sure, Ohms, you're going to go with the guys, the, the waiters calling you chief. Oh, boss. <laughs> boss is the big <laughs> one. Oh, those, those are annoying. I once those got, are pretty annoying. I once got bossed 22 times at one dinner at Papa No Do. way. I love the fact that he he counted the bosses. Well, it it was obnoxious. And my brother, everyone who was with me, just they know it drives me nuts. I got bossed and chiefed in one transaction at QT one time. This is this is where all the (laughs) listeners are saying our main annoyance is when you don't talk about anything football related on our football podcast. That's right. Well, that's people can relate because Paul's in charge. We're looking for a head coach and you guys are talking about parking spots and restaurant these decorum. are all these are all legitimate yeah. gripes absolutely okay. good point boss so <laughs> who is going to be the boss of the oh, uh, at least one. at least of the team that's that's our segue so as we record this reports say that giants offensive coordinator mike kafka is the current interviewee right as the search continues remember the uh the net has been cast far and wide and it also includes lou Anarumo. The Cincinnati defensive coordinator reportedly going to interview with the Cardinals on Wednesday of this week. And then the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, Brian Callahan, has a Thursday interview, reportedly. That's going to be his second head coaching interview. Apparently, he's already interviewed reportedly with the Colts. Colts. Yeah. What's interesting is, is, and I can't remember the timing exactly, did, did Frank Reich no, it was it was after we recorded last week because it's like we we're still in here and there's only been one coaching job filled since we've started all these fine pod postseason podcasts. That's true, Frank Reich. It is official. The head coach of the Carolina Panthers, D'Amico Ryan's, just had his second interview with Houston. I think everybody expects maybe in the next 24 hours. JJ Watt sure seems to think that, that that'll be officially official. <laughs> uh, now, as for Indianapolis, who knows? They've seemingly interviewed. Two dozen people and most insiders seem to think that it's just going to end up being the interim guy, Jeff Saturday. Denver too. And then Denver has supposedly That's opened up. That's a weird up, deal. But now reports say that ownership has flown to Ann Arbor to talk to Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh has been trending on social media for some time. What does that mean exactly? <laughs> so Denver. Uh, and then there's even a report that says Sean Payton might have a second interview with Denver. I, go ahead. What to say for the for the people who are frustrated that it has taken this long? I'm just curious why, because clearly if the Cardinals why are tra- this team or all teams? Well, people I've seen online complaining about the fact that it's been this long and the Cardinals don't well, have a head coach. Well, when you look around, look at every other team with the exception of of Carolina, and wouldn't you rather, especially when you have a new GM, that the front office ownership really takes their time and looks through all these candidates and the fact that now that the Bengals have lost, some of those 
you know, candidates yep. are in the mix. I just I, I get wanting to have a, a head coach and to get things moving, but I don't understand like the frustration that I've seen online and people complaining like I can't believe it's taking them this long. Like, are they just supposed to hire someone just well, to hire? I, I, I it, There's a lot that goes into it. I think we talked about it before. I, obviously, you technically weren't able to talk to a, a number of people until the January 17th in the first place. The, the regular season ended a little bit later than normal. And and honestly, from my perspective, I feel like the people that are really getting irritated with how long it's taking is because they think you, they should be able to go out and get Sean Payton. I, 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 I'm sure they'd be bothered if it, Sean Payton wasn't in the mix and it was still taking this long. And make no mistake, this is going to be the longest time the Cardinals have taken to hire a head coach in a, in a number of years. Um, but... I think, yeah, I, Danny, I think it comes back to making sure you've checked all the boxes. And, and as Paul just went through that rundown, okay, so if the Texans get D'Amico Ryans, and yeah, there was reports that the Cardinals didn't want to talk to him, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So he wasn't really ever really one of their candidates. So if they get him, that that's a that's a that's somebody that wasn't on their list anyways, really. Uh, Frank Reich was, okay, that's that's over. Um, but you're, you're, I mean, you're, Jim Harbaugh is not on no. your list. I mean, I think where you're going with this is what I was going to say is that as long as you do have time to yeah. continue to conduct your search, why not do your you, due you, diligence? You don't seem like you're battling a lot of teams for who right. you might hire. I know Sean Payton's out there, but I, I don't even know where to go with that one And right look, now. maybe things would have been different had Dan Quinn not informed teams he was going to stay with the Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. That, that could have yeah. changed things. We don't know, but I think the, I, I like the fact that the Cardinals aren't from what we know, necessarily just rushing to hire to say that they're going to have someone here by the Super Bowl or before another team gets the candidate that they want. And for all we know, they could be very interested in Sean Payton, and it's just a matter of negotiating what kind of draft capital needs to be traded with the Saints. And so while that is happening, maybe they're continuing their search. Maybe by continuing their search, the Cardinals are really not interested in Sean Payton. Again, it's hard to know. Like with the Bengals guys, like, I had heard some rumblings that, hey, if the Bengals lose, this was before Sunday, if the Bengals lose, they might take a look at those people. So it's not like it came out of nowhere, maybe, that they were decided to talk to uh, Anarumo yep. or a Callahan. Um, but just the fact that, again, they couldn't talk to him last week because they were right. off limits. Right. And, and quite frankly, had the Bengals won, you still couldn't talk to them. You still to couldn't talk to them, and they probably wouldn't yeah. be in the mix. Yeah. So you're right. Once again, because you can, you are. It's sort of the way it is. And you're right, Danny. The fact that you're taking some more time, maybe that's part of the process of negotiating a price with Sean Payton, or I would say more likely even the Saints, or maybe, for example, Brian Flores could be the clubhouse leader. But who else is coming after Brian Flores? Not for a head coach. I think it's still just Minnesota's defensive coordinator. That, we, so you, that we've heard. That we've heard. Okay. So you have the ability to wait. Let's say Brian Flores is a clubhouse leader. Well, there's no other head coaching offers being made. So guess what? It affords you the luxury of continuing your search. Maybe just maybe one of these new candidates blows you away, and you're like, oh, my goodness, okay, this is a future rock star of a head coach in the waiting. So why not? Yeah, and so that, I guess that would be my response to anyone wondering, you know, where are they? To your point, if Dan Quinn, for example, was still in play and you're battling Denver, then yeah, all of a sudden time is of the essence. But that's not the case. It, it has, I will say this, it's been a very weird coaching cycle 
for a number of reasons, the time spent, the few number of jobs, which we've talked about before. It's just, it's, it's really weird, but. Which I think is, is beneficial to the Cardinals. I, I agree. I agree. So it allows them to, you know, have this extra time to really go through the list. You know, now whether some of the other original interviewees are still part of this process, like an Aaron Glenn, you know, a Jero Averro, you know, something like I mean, I, I don't know if they're still part of it this. It feels like six weeks ago when we it first does. brought up those names. And, and it hasn't been that long, but So um here's my question. Do you how imperative do you think it is to have a head coach in place by the time the Super Bowl arrives in the A Z? Meaning beginning a Super Bowl week. Do you want to have a so head coach in place week? so you so you can maximize sort of the marketing opportunities and then have you know the the, the new face of your franchise, especially with Kyler Murray being injured. I mean, sort of the front person and figurehead of your franchise, and then boom, all of a sudden there he is on Radio Row all week and doing all the TV interviews. Honestly, for me, that would be an excellent side bonus, but I'm not letting it drive my decision. If if it works out that way, that would be awesome. But if it doesn't work out that way, I'm not going to sweat it. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, again, I think that's something that, you know, that could be beneficial. I don't think that is enough of a reason to rush this process and make a decision before you're ready. You got a gut feeling? Just your own gut feeling? Where You know, finger to the wind, you know, all of a See, sudden, you know, what, what, what would you say? For, for gut feelings, you would, have to, you would have to monitor me probably every 12 hours. I think I've gone back and forth. I mean, let's face it, like, when you work in the building – uh, a, a head coach hire impacts you directly. Sure, it's not just the team, and I know yeah. out there nobody gives a crap about us, and nor nor should they. Yes, but, they should. Um, but like beyond just how he's going to coach the team, I mean that wh- whoever you hire very well could impact, will impact how we do our jobs, how we go about things, and and so yeah, you think about it a little bit more than in maybe random person or you think about it differently than maybe random person and i i i keep going i'm i'm around and around i i there was a while there where i'm like oh maybe peyton happens and then i went nah, maybe not and now they're bringing in new people and yeah they're definitely getting somebody with experience i don't know if they're gonna get somebody with experience. I, I don't know it's hard i feel like i would have thought flores and then over the weekend i would have thought peyton but bringing in all these in the other thing, candidates yeah. now i don't really know and for those wondering darren's point about how this head coach directly impacts us it's not just the answers they give when it comes to press conferences it's access and it's access to team media when we get when we have our tv shows and one-on-one interviews and the culture instilled when it comes to players talking with us and things of that nature so and it's possible that he, he would want to hire paul as his, his assistant and then we'd lose paul from the podcast well heaven forbid for, i'm just saying for those wondering of of darren saying yes, you know the head coach directly impacts things. us as media members Thank you it really does once upon a time ba's assistant is now the defensive coordinator for clemson yeah, so <laughs> go for it paul wesley there, goodwin there's my career that path so right there awesome. we would still support happen. you it could still happen i'll just ride a clemson defensive coordinator gig into retirement That'd be solid. Lots of TV time there. Oh, Just boy. don't move Darren down to your desk in the same <laughs> office as me. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you, I, 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 you know, as much as I thought Sean Payton was definitely feasible and doable to some degree, especially after he reportedly spent seven hours interviewing, according to Cam Cox over at Channel 12, and our hustle award goes to Cam for sitting on that sidewalk for seven hours. <laughs> I'll give him that much. Um you know, I just, man, is it really, I, I just get this feeling that the Saints are making it too difficult. And I think ultimately, I think 
ultimately the Saints might regret because they're going to end up with a lot of nothing for Sean Payton by the time this thing is done. But we'll see. Again, for me, and the last thing, for me, the Sean Payton thing, I just don't know because I could come up with five different hurdles that have to be cleared before he became your head coach. And I don't know. It could be any one of them that that could hold something up. Okay. So, all right. With that in mind, um, I will say, sorry, one one other thing. She raised her hand. I like that. I did. Um, What's interesting to me is they are primarily interviewing defensive-minded coaches. That's true. With a few offensive coordinators. I'm wondering if those offensive coordinator interviews, obviously, yes, interview them for for a head job or a head coach. My mind is all over the place. Because this is a this is happening live in my mind right now. I'm sifting sure. through these thoughts. If one of those candidates with the offensive mind is not the right fit for the head coach, maybe that is someone they push towards the new head coach to be the offensive coordinator here with the Cardinals. Well, the only issue there I know is, that that comes from the head coach. No, but, but but I would also say like you talking about potentially. I mean, all the guys that they've they've are interviewing are already offensive coordinators where they are. But you don't think it would be intriguing to come here and work with Kyler Murray if they feel like that could be a... I'm not 100% sure why their teams would let them leave for a parallel I guess that's true. It was just a thought that was happening live in my head. And and honestly, I thought that's the way it would go with Frank Reich. Honestly, I thought they were going to hire a defensive-minded head coach, and then Frank Reich would get an offer he couldn't refuse to be the offensive coordinator. It's possible that that was the plan. (laughs) Could have been. Could have been. Who knows? Could have been. I'd love to know what Jerry Jones gave Dan Quinn. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, to turn down likely or the the chance of the Cardinals and... What's lunch at the Star like, Danny? You don't want me to answer that, Darren. (laughs) I can't answer that because there's there's like six options every day. Do we make anything of the uh, Ian Rappaport story on Championship Sunday about Kyla Murray? And Ugh. Kyla Murray, how, yes. quote, my understanding, this is Ian Rappaport Danny's now. Danny's got things to say. My yes, understanding does. is he's going to take his time, make sure this thing is 100% right. He's got a long career ahead of him, said Rappaport. He's not going to rush. Don't be surprised if we don't see him to start the season or maybe even by the midway point, this injury has to heal perfectly, end quote, Rappaport. Let me roll up my sleeves, Paul. Here we go. Now now we get into the heavy lifting. What is it about Kyler Murray that deserves so much hate and such a negative narrative from media, not just locally, but nationally? And my point is, none of that of the tweet you were just referencing is new news. When Cliff Kingsbury was still the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, he told the media that there was a good chance Kyler Murray would not be ready to start the season. We know that how ACL injuries and that recovery process takes, especially when you usually have to do a little bit more cleaning up of the knee, the fact that Kyler tore his ACL in December, immediately everybody in the sports industry knows that there was a good chance Kyler would not be ready to start the season. And he had the meniscus. My problem is the wording of saying he wants to take his time. What is the other option? He doesn't want to fully recover so he can come back onto the field and risk a greater injury. How is that any different than any other player, than any other quarterback who has come back from an ACL injury? And to say that in the tweet about a player who already receives such an insane amount of negative attention and a negative narrative is so insulting to me. She's I can gonna o- start swinging, it Paul. Just, 
it's wild to me that that was the language that was used as if there would be any other option that Kyler Murray would not fully recover to make sure that he was healthy enough to go out onto the field before he's ready. What are the other options? And I let that hang. No, I let that hang purposely. Well said, well positioned. In fact, you know what? It's so well said. I'm just going to go to the next part of the question. Forget the actual report itself because you know what? You nailed it. Why? Why does that report come out on Championship Sunday? Where does that come from? Does it come from Team Kyler, who feels like, I don't know, fans are putting undue expectations on the quarterback for his return? Does that come from the team trying to tell the fans, okay, just be realistic as to, you know, how much the next season Kyler's going to play? Or could it actually be, and this is a serious conspiracy theory. Oh, my God. Could it actually be (laughs) directed at the New Orleans Saints? who don't want a draft pick next year, for example, and you're trying to tell the Saints, well, you know, we're probably not going to have Kyler for a good portion of next season, meaning we're going to have a backup quarterback, meaning, you know what, that 2024 draft pick could be a lot better than you think. Okay. I, I, I'm gonna, Darren's turn to roll up the sleeves. Now he's going to swing. Now he's going to swing. So I'm going to work backwards here. One... I don't think anything in that report changed how anybody would see how Kyler's injury might impact this season for the Cardinals. That's number one for me. Two, uh, I don't know why the team would say anything about Kyler right now. I don't know if there's anything to say about Kyler right now. Uh, And then... Our good friend Kyle Odegaard went out, and although he didn't get specific, it's always always super fun when Ian Rappaport puts out. I get. Did it say source on his tweet? Did it say sources say? No, what I just it, quoted was Ian Rappaport on camera. Right, but like he didn't uh, say sources said. Nope, nope, he did not. So he said, "My understanding is okay." Dot, my dot, understanding dot. is which is which is like one step lower than an anonymous source, which is always lovely, and then. Our good friend Kyle Odegaard decided to put out a tweet saying that information didn't come out from Kyler's camp, which also didn't say a source told me. He just said it like he'd been sitting in the room when somebody talked to Ian, I guess. I don't know. Hey, I love you, Kyle, Kyle, but like at some point, somebody's got to attach names to this or something for me to care about any of it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with Kyler. I don't know how long it's going to take. I agree with Danny. It's going to take uh, as long as it's going to take. And when you're coming off ACL, the reality is, and we've seen it before, whether it's Tyron Matthew or Marcus Golden or Dennis Gardeck or I can go over everybody. We're going to see it with Zach Ertz this year. Unfortunately, the reality is being on the field and being able to play football and being able to be on the field and play football at a high level are two separate things. And the Cardinals knew this, which was part of the reason they sat Colt McCoy at the end of the regular season. Yes, he was dealing with concussion symptoms that had come back, but he was not placed in concussion protocol the second time around. A big part as to why you were going between Trace McSorley and David Blau was because you wanted to keep Colt McCoy healthy when you weren't playing for the playoffs at that point to a certain degree because you know there's a good chance he will be your starting quarterback next season. Unless they find someone in free agency or all those things, I get it. But my point is, none of this was new news. This came up because Kyler, he either tweeted it or he put it on his Instagram, a photo of him sitting on a a rehab table. 
And and I feel like that's what kind of sparked people talking about Kyler Murray again. But it was just I just had such a problem with the way that they phrased it. And I could guarantee you if we were to go and look back at the tweets from when Joe Burrow tore his ACL that I can't imagine that there were tweets saying the same thing as like, he's going to take his time. You disagree? Well, I feel like I feel like the narrative on Kyler Murray is so different than the other quarterbacks. Here's the thing. I feel rightly or wrongly, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, the problem is, is when he's had other injuries, those have been his words. I'm not I, I don't want to play until I'm 100 percent comfortable. And maybe the Joe Burrow says. I, I, and I get that with the hamstring. I'm just saying, but the the phrase of the wording that they used in a tweet that I don't feel like is seen with other quarterbacks with an injury of this magnitude and also the fact that he has the offseason. The hamstring was during the season, so I feel like those could kind of be different of like, do you push through the injury if you're making a push for the playoffs or things of that nature? But the fact that he had an ACL injury and he's recovering in the offseason. It just, I, I wasn't a fan of what it was making Kyler look like. Yeah. Well, and hey, the Joe Burrow is a good example because Burrow was far from 100% when he came back and he had that brace on and he sort of pushed it through. But at the same time, I think we can all agree Joe Burrow is a much different style quarterback than Kyler Murray, right? Joe Burrow is going to hang in the pocket and operate almost strictly from the pocket. Maybe, sometimes they'll get loose. Maybe sometimes. Kyler will be ready to go earlier than is expected, and, and maybe he will feel like he is close enough to 100%. Like, we aren't going to know what's going to happen because he just started his rehab there's a, process. There's an easy way to, to cut through some of this. What, go to All a psychic, a tarot card reader? No, how about Kyler give a press conference? Kyler oh, could Darren. talk. Let's be realistic here. Okay. Well, again, this is the, this is the thing, and and this is this is me doing the journalism thing right now, and this is nothing to do with Kyler in particular, but like, you know, the number of times, if you don't want a narrative to be something, then then you need to come out and and say something. Now, I don't even know if Kyler gives a flying fig about any of this stuff, and he, maybe he doesn't, but. You know, again, there's real easy ways to knock stuff down. It's called, Vic Fangio did it. Yep. There was all and these reports that he was going to Miami, and he actually talked to reporters and said, yeah, on the record, I, nothing's done yet. Okay, I mean, what are you going to do? I uh, guess the only thing Kyler would do would probably put out a statement on Twitter or something on he notes because that. he's, he he's I believe he's still in Dallas right now, at least rehabbing. Well, conference calls. Just, just please. <laughs> Why don't you just text him and, and ask for the one-on-one, Darren? Just whatever you do, Kyler, some uh, free advice from Calvisi Consulting. Heck is, yeah, that's on the new bingo card. Yeah, Stop it. Uh, Stop thank you, it. carry on, Paul. Darren won last year, well, last week. He cheated, so I had to make new I cards. I didn't cheat, but go ahead. Free advice to Kyler uh, from Paulie Pencilneck over here is do not let your agent handle the statement because I don't think we can handle another all-caps you know, Tolstoy length Russian narrative that What's, you put out there. Have you talked to your wife yet about how you're celebrating with typos. That, that anniversary in February? <laughs> Just curious. That was uh, that's 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 on the list of all the drama from 2022. Almost a year ago. We're not going to revisit here in 2023. <laughs> By the way, that Instagram photo that he put out of him sitting on the training table, exhausted, with the obvious scar on his surgically repaired knee. What sort of caption would you attach to that picture? As soon as I saw that, I thought to myself, "Long road ahead." Mm, that's probably a good, right? Look at he's G. got he's got a lot of work ahead of him. I they mean, based should, on that picture, I, right? See, Our I'm, social media team is looking for some 
positions to be filled, Paul. You might <laughs> you might need to apply. I saw the picture and I kept thinking of the Jimmy Butler meme from the bubble. You know, the one where he's like over the side of the at the neither way. I'm getting blank looks. <laughs> Do you guys Wait, not know the again. Jimmy Butler meme? Probably. Let Where he's like, he's like bent over. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, you know yes. I do. That's what I thought of. Uh, and to answer Danny's question, if things keep trending uh, for yours truly around here the way they have been, I will have an entry-level position sometime by uh, August, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, what else uh, has gone on since we last did Cardinals Underground brought to you by Pacific was, Office Automation? There were, there were NFC and AFC championship games, Paul. Yes, there were. Yes, there were. Okay, so... Here we go. Eagles Chiefs coming to the AZ for Super Bowl 57 because let's start with the NFC. And you thought the Cardinals quarterback situation was uncertain. How'd you like to be the San Francisco 49ers right now after Brock Purdy reportedly has a torn UCL in his elbow, whether or not he needs Tommy John yet to be seen, but at minimum, it appears to be a six month injury. And already the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers rumors are, are running rampant to the point Did, where they're, they're, both yeah, they're, both, they're both trending to the 49ers. I'm bringing it up because they might be in the NFC West next year. Either one. This was crazy to me. I, I heard that it really wasn't a crazy game, just crazy for the 49ers. I was driving back um, from going out to Page over the weekend, and so I was really just seeing things when I had service on my phone on Twitter of, I told you you needed a satellite phone. <laughs> Of everything that was going on, it was like it was hard to keep up with just paying attention on my phone. Um, but that's that's rough that that's how you go out. Essentially, you just and, and that's that's part of the game. I, I know that people feel a certain type of way about if you should be able to dress a third quarterback and not have it go towards the 53 man active roster on, on game day or. Yeah, well. I, and I, I battled with some people because it wasn't the point when I brought up on Twitter about how the, the 49 and quarterback injuries were unreal. However, I'm now going to give a nod to all those people that jumped on my case and say, yeah, it is tough. Me and Paul were both there when Ryan Lindley started oh. the playoff game in Carolina oh. you know, I, for an 11-win team. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. especially when they were without Josh Johnson. Yes. And then the, I mean, I mean – Honestly, Purdy was probably more effective with 10% use of his arm than Ryan Lindley was in that game at Carolina. I hate to say it. I mean, that's uh, there's nothing more frustrating than you know you have the team to compete, but you don't have a quarterback, a healthy quarterback. You're on your third, fourth quarterback, and it's such a liability, such a detriment. You can't overcome it. So as much as we all have disdain for the 49ers, that was their predicament, not unlike the Cardinals in the playoffs 2014 at Carolina. How wild would it be if the 49ers found a way, based on the recovery process for Brock Purdy and Trey Lance, found a way to keep Jimmy G and he was their starter next season? That would be insane. He can't be when he's going to be the starter in Carolina for Frank Wright. I'm just calling that right now. So, yes. so what is this? Paul's already like gone down the road of all this free agency. I, I, I'm barely getting my head around the coach stuff, and you've already got all these guys going to different teams. Well, there's been enough time, and it's you know we got to fill the time somehow as we uh, we're all in the waiting That's room by the coach. Jimmy you know, G in Carolina. By the way, the Eagles had a 62 percent quarterback pressure rate in that NFC Championship game, which is the highest in the next gen stat era. Hmm. So, look, I mean, you know, Brock Purdy just didn't fall over his own two feet. And leave the game. Hassan Reddick jacked him from the side. 
Yes. You know, that Eagles defensive front was fierce. And so, in fact, if you – and we, we've already said this in regards to the Cardinals. Obviously, they need to rebuild in the trenches. I think that's where it starts inside out. All you have to do is look at the final two teams in, in, the, in the Super Bowl. Look at the offensive lines. Look at the defensive lines. Somebody put out the Chiefs have missed two, star, two games by starters all year. Just the left guard missed two games at Chiefs offensive line. The Eagles have missed three games by starters all year. One by the right tackle, two by the left tackle. Think about that. Think of how it compares to how injured the Cardinals' offensive line was. So if you're looking for cause and effect, who's left in the Super Bowl? Well, the two teams with the two healthiest offensive lines, plus stout offensive lines. I mean, look at the Eagles with two All-Pros and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. They have an all a Pro Bowl alternate in their left tackle as well. And then you just just, just look at the line of scrimmage. For as great as Patrick Mahomes is, and as up and coming as Jalen Hurts is, in all respect, both those guys were banged up. I mean, those two teams are dominant in the trenches. And to me, that's where the Cardinals' reset button starts this offseason. I think that's pretty valid. I think you look, well, the offensive line to begin with when you're looking at all the pending free agents and all, all the decisions that have to be made there of the possibility of two of your starters retiring, um, the fact that they were not healthy this year, the depth was there was a, a pretty significant drop off between those starters and your depth on the offensive line that already that to me was going to be a high priority. But you're right. I think that that's where the Cardinals really have to improve this offseason is in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I mean, you can't you can't argue when, you know, the two Super Bowl teams, the quarterbacks, as great as they are, they're both limping around right now. Mahomes is got the bad ankle Hertz has got the bad shoulder and yet they clicked pretty decently all things considered <laughs> this tweet was just sent to us okay. as we are recording this. here we go and I'm gonna, yes to our within um our department okay reportedly this comes from adam schefter it says breaking saints and broncos are finalizing compensation in return for super bowl winning head coach sean payton sources tell espn this clears the way for Peyton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach. That wow. comes from Adam Schefter. Wow. Breaking news on the air. Interesting. I mean, think about that. Where are they getting the draft capital? This sort of like the 49ers after trading away three first-rounders for Trey Lance. I mean, think about that and, and Denver. And, well, I tell you what. They can obviously give them the money with the wealthiest ownership group in the NFL. That's not a factor with Walmart money there. And then in terms of giving the Saints compensation, very, very interesting. And who would have thought? You know, just when you just when you think, okay, you know, there's no more mention of Sean Payton in Denver, and then boom, it happens. So apparently the uh, Broncos ownership went back to Jim Harbaugh. Didn't happen. And uh, there you go. Sean Payton is going to Denver. And you know what? Payton going to the uh, AFC, not a bad thing for the Cardinals and the rest of the NFC. So I guess that assuming Ryan's goes to Houston, so then it's between the Cardinals and the Colts with everybody else? Yep. And so. Okay, so here's what Adam Schefter is reporting what Denver would have to give up. They would have to give up this year's first-round pick. Which is Which is not theirs. Right, because it's, their their pick went to their pick went to Seattle. Seattle so I'm and not their, sure who's, their pick they have Miami from Miami. Chubb. Okay, so they've got Miami's first round pick and next year's second round pick 
for Peyton and a 2024 third from the Saints, or Denver's 2024 first round pick and it's 2023rd fourth. And the Saints will get the choice. Mm. Interesting. If I'm the Saints, I think very carefully about taking next year's first round pick because I don't think Denver is going to be that much better. Wow. Well, and, and, and reportedly, Russell Wilson wanted Sean Payton. Be careful what you wish for. So we'll see how that relationship works out. But if you're not going to get Sean Payton, then you know what? Him going to the AFC, probably the next best case well, scenario. I th- and I think ultimately you you, you kept talking about the compensation for the Saints and maybe that was the hang-up and all this stuff. Maybe that was what the hang-up ultimately could have been. One of those hurdles I talked about was the Saints really didn't want him in the NFC. We'd much rather have him in the yep. AFC, and we're going to exhaust all possibilities of that before we let him be in the NFC and possibly block us from a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what? If the asking price to NFC teams was higher than what Denver just paid, wouldn't be a shock, would no, it? No, it would not. Because especially if, for example, Carolina were to come after Sean Payton, guess what? We need three first rounders to have Sean Payton in our own division. So there you go. Very interesting. And, you know, I, I would say, I mean, for example, would you have been willing to give up a first rounder and next year's second rounder for Sean Payton? I would not. No. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I, as much as he's a proven entity, he has a 500 playoff record. I didn't see him do a whole lot with Jameis Winston once the Hall of Famer Drew Brees left. So, you know, in terms of giving up those sort of assets for a coach, you know what? Go on and identify the next Sean Payton. The the Cardinals have they have too many needs to fill to give up that kind of draft capital, in my opinion. I think that there are other coaches and offensive coordinators that could work with Kyler Murray, work with this team, and, and still find success. Um, and even though Kyler just signed that contract extension, just where he is, no, he's coming back from recovery, but he's still young and you still want to capitalize on that with the other players that you have under contract. And so I think you need to build around that now rather than kind of prolong that. I will say um, behind you, ESPN is on the screen behind you, Paul, and they're talking about this tweet now and they had a lower third graphic with Sean Payton's name and they used (laughs) arguably the most unflattering picture of Sean Payton and like looked like it was 25 years old. Look at that. Hey, I wish they'd use a picture of me from 25 years ago. Uh, so, and here's the other thing you don't know is how much did Sean Payton want in terms of control of the franchise? Oh, I'm guessing quite a bit. And if you're George Payton, the current GM of the Broncos, would you say you're on thin ice after the Russell Wilson trade? You might actually be so happy to have Sean Payton because you're just happy to have a job at this point. That's how big a disaster the Russell Wilson trade might prove to be. That was a point I brought up last week or the week prior was it would be interesting to me if that would have been a fit here because you have a new general manager, a new assistant general manager that are they going to want to give up that much power right off the bat as opposed to kind of instilling the culture and the principles that they want to for the long term. That was something that was interesting to me is hearing that Champagne wanted all that power. Would that have been a good fit here when you have, when you're going to be to a certain extent having a new front office? So when you look at the Cardinals now, assuming again, Ryan's goes to Houston, you're talking about two openings. I've looked at the Colts other than Callahan, who obviously is reportedly coming here to interview I don't think there's much crossover between who the Colts still are looking at and who the Cardinals are still looking at. Mike Kafka is already Kafka, interviewed okay. in Indy. 
So Kafka and Callahan. In addition to that, Lou Anarumo, he's going to interview this week. For the Cardinals. For the Cardinals. Yes. And then you have Brian Flores is out there. Vance Joseph received an interview. Uh, The Denver defensive coordinator, Ejero Avero, Aaron Glenn. That's I think that's and the that's list. it. That's, that's the list. The list. Right now. So and once Cardinals again, and Colts are two very different, not just organizations, but when you're looking at what the future looks like, two, in my opinion, two very different paths. No doubt. In fact, the best case scenario is the Colts trade up with the Cardinals and go from four to three, pay through the nose to do so, and then the Cardinals still get their guy at number four. That's the uh, draft scenario we're hoping for because the Colts are very much in need of a franchise quarterback at this point. Honestly, I look at this list, and with the three candidates this week being complete unknowns, uh, I, I would have to say I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Brian Flores, I think, is your clubhouse leader for a number of reasons. The fact that he's a former head coach. Uh, now the question you don't know is, okay, to your point earlier, Danny, who's his offensive coordinator? And that's the key for me is in three years as the Dolphins head coach, he went through three offensive coordinators. Mm. That's not a great look and to me. The the defensive coordinator from the Bengals, um, yep, Lou Anarumo. Yeah, uh, he give, he's giving me off a huge Bruce Arians vibe right now. I late fifties, right? Isn't he 56, his late fifties? Fifty six. Okay. I mean, again, he hasn't even been in here yet, so who knows? Yeah. But well, it, as Drew Stanton has said more than once on the Red Sea Report, a lot of these names are very talented coordinators. They're great with the X's and O's, game planning. Game calling. By the way, breaking news, the Texans and Ryans have officially agreed. D'Amico Ryans. Okay. So there you go. That's officially official. So now it's the Cardinals and the Colts looking for head coaches. And when you look at a lot of these coordinators, okay, these guys are great in their current jobs, but how will they be as a head coach? And as a lot of the former players will tell you, who's a real leader of men? You don't even know if necessarily these coordinators are going to be calling plays and game planning directly week to week. So you need the best leader you can hire. And if you're going to go with a coordinator only in their career, then it's a projection. At least someone like a Vance Joseph, a Brian Flores, they've been former head coaches along the way. A little more of a known versus an unknown. Proven versus unproven. We'll see how that factors in. I don't know if this is different than the tweet you were reading, Darren, but Schefter tweeted two minutes ago. It says compensation Denver's 2023 first-round pick and next year's second-round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints' 2024 third. Mm. There so you the go. Broncos get Sean Payton. Yeah. They get next year's third-round pick from the Saints, and New Orleans gets a first-rounder this year and a second-rounder next year. That's well done by the Saints. That is well sold by the Saints, to use the uh, car auction term. That is well sold by the Saints. So they get quite a haul in return for their head coach. Hey, here's the other thing you got to wonder with Sean Payton. We brought this up before, too. I mean, he bolted on the Saints. How long before he bolts again? I mean, you know, you're giving up quite a bit. You better have a real ironclad agreement that he's around for the long term and isn't just going to bolt. So there you go. That's, uh, that is the breaking news here during Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. As we get ready for the invasion of Chiefs and Eagles fans in Super Bowl 57, what's the first storyline you think of, Darren, when you think of the Super Bowl, this year's edition? First here since we had the Seahawks and the Patriots back in 2015. Uh, honestly, I, 
I think of the young quarterbacks, which, by the way, this will be the first time two African-American quarterbacks will face off in a Super Bowl. When I saw that, I was like, really? I, I know. love that. Black History Month. That's, yeah. that's a great that's way to great. kick it off. And I, I look at Mahomes maybe nearly being a Cardinal, kind of. And uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously, kind of like the echo of Kyler Murray because this team drafted him, and then Jalen Hurts was the one who took over for him in Oklahoma. I think of those things. And, and close second, unfortunately, fortunately, because I really like the guy, Hassan Reddick. Yeah. Being in a Super Bowl, yeah. it's hard yeah. not to think of that. Yeah. How about his uh, NFC Championship game with a couple of sacks, the forced fumble, the fumble recovery? 19 and a half sacks in 19 games this year for Hassan Reddick regular season and postseason. And look, I mean, when he left the Cardinals, he only got a one-year $6 million deal with Carolina. So it's been – so we'll, we'll see. And and honestly, that gets back to my key to the game. If there's one way to beat Patrick Mahomes, if there was one way to beat Tom Brady in his prime, everybody now get pressure on those guys. And the Eagles with 70 sacks in the regular season to lead the NFL, and it wasn't even close. That's 15 more than any other team. Obviously, the Eagles had the pass rush to get after Patrick Mahomes and try and neutralize him. So we'll see. And honestly, I think the Eagles' offensive line is more equipped than the Chiefs' offensive line to handle a Chris Jones and Frank Clark. I mean, Chris Jones. Chris Jones was doing his Aaron Donald impersonation with eight QB pressures in that AFC championship game, which is another storyline I think of because you know if the Chiefs win this. Yes, Mahomes is a driving force, but what Chris Jones has been able to do, unblockable in that championship game. Think about Aaron Donald and the Rams run last year. I mean, if Jalen Carter from Georgia is that dude, yeah, then you draft him number three overall. There's I mean, no doubt about it. If he's that dude, he can be that much of a game changer. Unless something crazy happens, you're going to have either Anderson or Carter are going to be available for you. And either one, I think this defense could desperately need yeah. And Anderson is kind of like a, a Nick Bosa. He can even go interior. He can play a little five technique. and get down on all fours. So uh, that's that'll be really intriguing. Otherwise, we're going to get a lot of the Kelsey brothers. That's going to be a big storyline. You're going to get a ton of that. You're going to get Andy Reid against his former team. You're going to get a ton of that. Uh, we got to figure out where we're going to podcast since we're not going to be able to be in this building probably. Mm, mm. Sure, we just can't sneak in the side door on the radio. Are they really going to be using the radio studio? Sure, Snipers. we can't just sneak in here. Snipers, Paul. <laughs> the security guys can't get past the security guys. All Are right. You guys going to watch any Pro Bowl stuff? Buda Baker this week going out to Vegas. Probably just watch stuff. Tyler Huntley, quarterback. Yeah. Probably Gone. not. No. Probably not. Hopefully, it's more engaging than just some practices during the week last year. Should be a lot of fun to watch. Reminds me of Wide World of Sports back in the '80s with the uh, celebrities doing the uh, obstacle course. That's what that's what the Pro Bowl has devolved into. Has is it not, Darren? Am I am I wrong on that? Well, yeah. Uh, let's. I'm not going there. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and then there were two Colts and Cardinals looking for a head coach. And was it? Look, last thought. Bruce Arians was the final head coach hired in the 2013 hiring cycle. Correct. True. Correct. Truth. Okay. Doesn't matter how quickly you hire a head coach. It matters who the head coaches you hire, and you get it right. That'll do it for this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. That was quite the roller coaster.